0: Jesus is real. There's power in Your name. We find hope in trusting Your ways. We believe Jesus is
1: real. Now think about this: when God asks Moses and the children of Israel to build a, a worship space all the beauties on the inside it's totally normal on the outside humble totally humble those sea cow coverings very normal almost everybody's tent was built with that the glory was on the inside not on the outside
0: the covering for the tabernacle was in several layers beginning with an ornate design on the interior and ending with an ordinary fabric on the outside as with the rest of the elements of this mobile chapel, Pastor Daniel will remind you how this points to Jesus. Many people know who Jesus is, but they haven't given their lives to him. Until this step is taken, you can only know the plain facts. You have to come inside to experience the beauty and blessings. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Exodus chapter 26 as he begins his message, God's Ten.
1: you recall the flow of what's been going on in the book of Exodus. First you have the children of Israel. We did the Passover series, which talked specifically about the children of Israel leaving Egypt by a great many plagues. God delivered them by a mighty hand. Then they end up in the wilderness and we did a series called Sinai, where God began to reveal himself to the children of Israel there in the wilderness and specifically those Big Ten, the Ten Commandments that were, and we call them the Big Ten because those were the Ten Commandments that were actually written with the finger of God. Moses got the two tablets with these Ten Commandments. We've been making the case all the way along that there aren't only Ten Commandments in the Bible. In God's law, the first five books, there's actually 613 Commandments, which is a whole lot of commandments in a lot of ways I like to say that God's law Is like the IRS tax code There's a lot in there And so that's why we're going through this We're looking at the law We're looking at what God's standard for righteousness is And why Now we're in this last series Because the focus now Is that the Lord wants to dwell in the midst of the people Instead of revealing himself to the people at a distance God wants to be in their midst And so the tabernacle is a mobile Worship center. That's what it is. Ultimately, the tabernacle will be retired when Solomon's temple is built. But until it has a a permanent home, it's a mobile worship center. That's what it is. And what's interesting about this, and we've made this case already in our first two studies in the series, is that the tabernacle is a forerunner of Jesus himself. Because John chapter one said the word became flesh And dwelt among us. That's John chapter 1 verse 14. And that word dwelt among us literally is that the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. That's the literal word. So the tabernacle is God's desire to dwell in the midst of his people. And of course in no greater way did God do that than by becoming a man in the person of his son Jesus Christ. And walking in the midst of people, And what's interesting is the tabernacle And what became the temple Of course was the place that God met with man And man met with God And ultimately Now God meets with man And man meets with God where? In the person and work of Jesus Christ That's why Jesus He says these audacious things Like If you've seen me you've seen the Father And I am the way the truth and the life No one can come to the Father but by me. Because he's saying, I am the only way for humanity to interface with the almighty perfect God. And that's why Christians for 2,000 years have been unashamed to say that Jesus is the only way. Now, I realize we live in a culture where saying that is like tantamount to uh, blasphemy. It's like, that's just not you're not allowed to say that. Instead, everyone says, look, you have to accept every way. You have to let every road lead to the top of the mountain, which is amazing because they're saying your way is, is closed-minded. You guys ever hear that? Sharing the gospel? No, it's amazing by saying that every way has to lead to the top is equally as closed-minded. It's my way or the highway. You Christians are bad people because you don't, you don't believe that every way leads to the top. Wow. It's interesting. Pot calling the kettle black. But Jesus is the only way He's the only way And the reason the Bible teaches that Jesus is the only way And the reason that people struggle with the reality that Jesus is the only way Is not because they have a wrong view of humanity The problem is in their view of God Because with a holy God If God is holy and we are not Then we can't be the one saying, hey, this is how it's supposed to be, God Because we understand what's going down Existentially, spiritually. But that's what we do. See, we have a culture that doesn't even fathom or realize the holiness of God. And because of the holiness of God, God takes our lives more seriously than we do. He holds us more accountable for our lives than we do. So Jesus is the only way. So this whole tabernacle, it's all pointing us. It's all pointing us to Jesus. And we saw that last week, of course, when we looked at three of the pieces of the furniture. We looked at the ark of the testimony, the table of showbread, and the golden lampstand. All right. So Exodus chapter 26 now, we're going to be looking at God's tent. So in a lot of ways, when God goes camping, this is what he rolls with. That's what this is about here. So I'm just going to pick up right in verse 1. It says, Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine woven linen and blue and purple and scarlet thread. With artistic designs of cherubim, you shall weave them. The length of each curtain shall be 28 cubits and the width of each curtain 4 cubits. And every one of the curtains shall have the same measurements. Five curtains shall be coupled to one another, and the other five curtains shall be coupled to one another. And you shall make loops of blue yarn on the edge of the curtains on the shelvage of one set. And likewise you shall do on the outer edge of the other curtain of the second set Fifty loops you shall make in the one curtain, and fifty loops you shall make on the edge of the curtain that is on the end of the second set. And the loops may be clasped to one another. And you shall make fifty clasps of gold, and couple the curtains together with the clasps, so that it may be one tabernacle. You shall also make curtains of goat's hair, To be a tent over the tabernacle, you shall make 11 curtains. The length of each curtain shall be 30 cubits, and the width of each curtain, 4 cubits, and the 11 curtains shall all have the same measurement. Verse 9. And you shall couple 5 curtains by themselves, and 6 curtains by themselves, and you shall double over the 6th curtain at the forefront of the tent. You shall make 50 loops on the edge of the curtain that is outermost, In one set and fifty loops on the edge of the curtain on the second set. You shall make fifty bronze clasps, put the clasps into the loops and couple the tent together that it may be one. Verse 12. The remnant uh, that remains of the curtains of the tent, the half curtain that remains shall hang over the back of the tabernacle and a cubit on one side and a cubit on the other side of what remains of the length of the curtains of the tent shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle on this side and on that side to cover it. You shall make a covering of ram skin dyed red for the tent and a covering of badger skins above that. All right. Everyone get all that? Okay, well, let's move on, right? Everyone, It makes sense to everybody? No. Okay, what we have here in effect is we have four layers, four layers to the tabernacle. There's the inner layer, which we get first, which I'll go a little slower because I'm going to fly over this if I don't. Notice what it says. You take 10 curtains, right, in verse 1 of fine woven linen, blue, purple, scarlet thread, with artistic designs of cherubim, you shall weave them. Okay? So it begins in the innermost parts with an artistically woven series of curtains. White, purple, scarlet. There's all these different colors involved with it. And blue. Right? And it has artistic designs of cherubim. Remember we made the case that cherubim were angelic beings. So the inner curtain is very decorative. Right? And and we talk about how these curtains are clasped together, how they're supposed to work. Then the next layer out, of course, you start getting, in verse 7, you get these curtains of goat's hair. Right? And these curtains are even larger than the decorative curtains that are on the interior. Now, goats in that... Culture were black, not white. So you have this beautiful decorative curtains on the inside. Then it's covered with black goat skins. And because those curtains are larger, the black completely covers from the outside how beautiful the inner curtain is. And then by the time you get to verse 14, look at what it says. You shall make a covering of ram skin dyed red, for the tent, and a covering of badger skins above that. So you have the decorative inner curtains. You have the goat skins, which are black and larger over it. Then you have the next, which are dyed red. And then finally, my translation says badger skins. A lot of the newer translations have things like sea cows. The idea is that the outer, the most outer covering is waterproof. Because they're made from animals from the ocean, whether they're manatees or some other. It says badger skin. It's not a great translation in the New King James. But so get this. Does that make sense? So there's four different layers of it. The innermost is beautiful, right? Then you get black goat skins. Then you get the next layer, which are dyed red. And then you have almost like a rubbery substance on the outside. That's the way this thing is laid out. Now, you might say to yourself, so, okay, so what's the big deal with this? Now, think about this. When God asks Moses and the children of Israel to build a, a worship space, all the beauty is on the inside. It's totally normal on the outside. Humble. Totally humble. Those sea cow coverings, very normal. Almost everybody's tent was built with that. The glory was on the inside, not on the outside. You guys know where I'm going with this, don't you? When Jesus came, a baby wrapped in a manger, just a normal human being except for Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus' essential glory turned outward, and they saw him transfigured. Jesus was God, glorious in, in a human body. Now let's apply it to you and I now. Jesus made a huge point of saying, don't just be cleaned up on the outside. I want to clean you up on the inside. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the, the heart. See, and this is the problem, because I love the culture we live in, but it's a pretty superficial culture, right? Like, we all live in a culture that's, they just judge you on the outside. I don't know how many times. Actually, this happened the first time I came to Crossroads. I roll in, 8.15 on a Sunday morning. You guys don't know me from anybody. I walk up to the info kiosk. Hey, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. Can I help you, son? Some of you were there on that day, weren't you? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I do need help. I don't know where I'm supposed to be. like, well, the bathroom's over there, and the sanctuary's not going to open up for about 15 minutes. And that's over there. I'm like, oh, listen, I'm the guest speaker today. And and, I mean, God bless our, the folks who serve here as ushers And they get on their, their little, you know, uh, CIA walkie-talkie You know, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, that's the pastor Oh, Pastor Daniel, let me show you to where you need to go And I don't knock it, it just happened to me last When I was in Huntington Beach, same thing, poor girl at the info kiosk At this church I was teaching at, they're like, can I help you? And I'm just like, yeah, I, I think I'm supposed to teach today. She to gave you that look like, are you nuts? And I'm just like, I am nuts, but I am really the guest speaker today. Now, I bring that up because we're so, it's so normal to look at someone's externals and, and make a, a judgment on who they are, how they are. I mean, can, can you imagine if you rolled into John the Baptist on a given day? You know, he's got his leather belt on. Ooh, camel skin gear, you know? And he's like, yeah, man, I got me some locusts and honey. You want some? (laughs) Security, you know? (laughs) But he was a prophet. He was the greatest born amongst women up until that point. I mean, he was the forerunner of the Messiah. It'd be so easy to invalidate him. He's just a nut job. But see... Sometimes the outward is a mess, but God loves what's going on in the heart. And even the tabernacle was designed that on the inside, it's gorgeous. On the outside, it's common. Don't be content to be like the Pharisees. Just have the outside all cleaned up and the inside is full of dead man's bones. He had issues with the Pharisees. He called them whitewashed tombs. He's saying, look, you guys are dead. It's just really shiny. And we live in a culture that would tell you that that's enough. That it's enough just to be cleaned up on the outside. Well put together. A good pedigree. The right degrees. And God's saying, look, nothing's wrong with that, but that's not the main point. The main point is what's going on in your heart. At the heart of God's law is the law of the heart. And the tabernacle is designed this way. And what's interesting about the tabernacle, just like Jesus, is the only people who actually know how beautiful it is are those who are on the inside. The only people who ever get to see how beautiful the tabernacle is are those who get on the inside. Now, if you're in here today, or maybe you're watching online, or someone passed you this, or you you just happened upon it, listen to me, listen to me. Maybe you're in this room right now. You're here. You'll realize how amazing Jesus is when you're on the inside. On the outside, it just looks like Christianity. It just looks, yeah, it's just, it's just another religion. But when you get on the inside and you realize what that cross really means, when you realize the grace of God and what that really means, what you realize what true forgiveness really means, when all these things happen, you realize when you're on the inside, that this is the most beautiful thing that's ever happened. But you will never see it on the outside. It just looks normal. It looks common. It's just like, well, yeah, it's just church. But from the inside, it's beautiful. It's decorative. And it's interesting that this is the way it's laid out, isn't it? Now, if you want And remember we talked about the tabernacle and all the interpretations... I could really blow your mind with some of the more kind of out there interpretations like notice that on the inside it's all the colors. It's white which of course we know white has some overview or typological pictures of being righteous that your sins were as scarlet you'd be white as snow. Right? It's not only it's white blue. People would say that blue is the color of heaven. Why? Because you look up at the sky it's blue. Right? You also have the idea of Something being purple. Purple has always been the color of royalty. It's always been. If you ever look at the Pope, he always is wearing that color. He realizes what that, that color was in that culture was very, very expensive. Only people who were, had royalty would wear it. And then, of course, scarlet, which is the color of blood. Right? Now, think about that. So if Jesus is all those things, righteous, Jesus is the way into heaven, right? You get that? It's covered with blackness. Why? Because he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. When Jesus took the punishment for our sin on the cross, what happened? Everything went black. The whole world went black on that moment. Because God became our sin, right? What's the next color? Died Red. Red's a picture of what? The blood of Jesus. All right? You have the perfect son of God who becomes sin. You take the blood of Jesus and you put it on top. And then ultimately, just the covering. That's it's the gospel story, isn't it? It's the gospel story. Just in the colors. Just in the colors. It's quite beautiful. You, you, may, you may have never seen that from just looking Oh, yeah, it's just, there's just four layers to this thing. But you realize all the beauty's on the inside. All the beauty's on the inside. The outside is common. And I want to encourage each one of us to, to be gracious with one another. Because oftentimes the exterior is kind of homey. There's nothing great to it. But God's looking at the inside. And it's so easy to, to just be superficial. I mean, you think of the prophet Samuel. He was a prophet. He was called to go to see Jesse, the house of Jesse, to anoint the next king because Saul was a knucklehead, a royal knucklehead. He couldn't get it right. So, of course, Jesse's first son pops out, and he's just a good-looking, strapping young guy. And Sam was like, yeah, that's the guy. He's a stud. The children of Israel deserve a stud. And the Lord's like, Samuel, you're not, you do not have my heart right now. All the way down. Jesse didn't even bring his youngest son, David, to the party. He was like, dude, you know, David, the little shepherd. He, he's the youngest. He's the rug rat. He's the one getting picked on. He's the one. So we have to be careful not to judge based on externals. Because God looks at the heart. And oftentimes, the outward appearance is all wrong, but the heart is right. And let's be honest. If if we're honest with ourselves, oftentimes, we can do and say all the right things and our hearts all jacked up on the inside. God's looking at the heart The beauty is on the inside Not the outside So that's the four different curtains Now don't forget If those of you who like all the details I skipped over The cubit is The distance between the tip of your finger And the crook of your elbow So it was a common It's about a foot and a half On average So I bring that up So if you like doing all the math and everything You can do the math on your own Convert it to feet Because we don't use cubits today but pretty much what you get is that those decorative curtains are the smallest of the curtains. And then, and then the, the black goat skins completely covered. So there's none of it showing. And then there's the next covering and then there's the next covering. Now, picking up in verse 15, now we get its infrastructure, its framework. Look at what it says. And for the tabernacle, you shall make the boards of acacia wood standing upright. 10 cubits shall be the length of a board and a cubit and a half shall be the width of each board. Two tenons shall be in each board for binding one to another. Thus you shall make for all the boards of the tabernacle. Verse 18. And you shall make the boards of the, for the tabernacle, 20 boards for the south side. You shall make 40 sockets of silver under the 20 boards Two sockets under each of the boards for its two tenons. And for the second side of the tabernacle, the north side, there shall be twenty boards. And there are forty sockets of silver. Two sockets under each of the boards. For the far side of the tabernacle, westward, you shall make six boards.
0: Jesus is... Pastor Daniel began describing today what the tabernacle tent looked like. It was beautiful and ornate, but only on the inside. On the outside, it was ordinary. The only way to be awed by its splendor was to come inside. Pastor Daniel reminded you that this is a picture of the Christian faith. You'll be able to get the idea from the outside, but you have to come into God's presence through the cross to know the wonder of his love for you. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel Fusco
1: here to tell you about my book, Upward, Inward, and Outward. You've heard me talk about these three directions for living again and again on Jesus is Real Radio, and I think they're so important. I wanted to write a book to explain even more. Upward, Inward, and Outward teaches you the importance of developing a right relationship with God and how that teaches you to love yourself well from those two healthy relationships can spring a well of love for people around you. And that's what transforms our world. Find out more and get your own copy
0: at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio and Pastor Daniel will tell you how much of a gentleman your creator is. He isn't pushing you to follow him, but he is leading your dance. He's laying an adventure before you and asking you to come along for the ride, but he'll never force you. God wants you to choose to come with him, to be devoted to him, to let Him orchestrate your life. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series, Tabernacle. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.